Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. I'm my name is Terry, and I'm wondering if anyone actually cares about the random facts that I share about myself at the start of these chats. This chat is with my good friend, co-worker, and super duper stop-motion animator, Crystal Buemi. I recently worked with Crystal on Ultra City Smith, so I wanted to bring her on this podcast to chat about how she built her stop-motion career in Toronto and ended up working at the new Stupid Buddy Studios with me this year, plus her whole experience doing so. Now, besides being an amazing stop-motion animator, Crystal is a multidisciplinary artist and educator, as she'll get into in this chat. And fun facts about Crystal, she originally moved from Puerto Rico to Canada when she was eight, and currently, like right now in this chat, she's wearing her power shirt which she explains in our chat. So make sure you tune in for that. Now, before we jump in, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creating, teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new HueHD Pro camera features 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Hue's funky, flexible, plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they're compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, Dragonframe, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. In fact, if you go to YouTube and watch my interview with Crystal, I'm actually using a Hue camera as my webcam, so you can see what it's like firsthand there. Now, visit HueHD.com for more information and follow at Hue Cameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. And make sure you give them some love because they have been super duper supporters of my podcast for a very long time now. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the chat. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. You're actually the first person that I've worked with professionally in animation that I'm chatting with. Really? Yeah, because I haven't really worked that much professionally in animation yet, except for most recently. So let's make this podcast about uh, what you learned about me on the No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well. No, but honestly, it's it's like, it's so cool to run this podcast for years, since 2018. And I've chatted with everybody in the industry while I've kind of just been on the sidelines and in school and doing my own thing. And now I'm chatting with somebody that I actually worked with. Like it's come full circle. So maybe I should just stop the podcast now. Like I've made it. (laughs) Over. Over. It's the last episode. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so um, uh, let's... Well, first of all, I guess that we should just say what we worked on together. We worked on Ultra City Smiths together as animators for um, Stupid Buddy Studio in Toronto, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, yeah very, very cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about you. Tell me, tell me, besides being a cool stop motion animator, like where, <laughs> where did your journey begin in yeah. animation? Yeah, so my journey in animation actually started uh, when I was studying at Ryerson University. Um, I went for radio and television arts. I actually, so my dream before I went to university was to be a red carpet, like, like journalist, like be at like the Grammys and like all this stuff. And so when I first started, like both in high school, I actually did like local TV reporting and stuff like that. So when I went to Ryerson, I was hoping that I would be like, you know, like on air. And in my first kind of semester I took studio and instantly I was like oh like I don't 
like kind of being on air, I felt like you didn't really have as much control. Everyone else is kind of telling you what to do. And I was like, really being like a director is maybe more what I wanted to do. So I kind of shifted. And then they kind of make you take all of these other streams so you can explore like, you know, radio and audio and, and digital media. And I, my first impression of digital media was like terrifying because we had to learn flash. And I was like, this is horrible. Who would choose to do this? I really didn't like it. And so after my first year, I had a little bit of like an existential crisis because I was like, instead of running away from like graphics and animation and, and all that stuff, like I feel like that's kind of like the future. Like I don't know if TV and studio is the future. And so I forced myself to take another kind of the intermediate level. And I had this amazing professor and she was very like experimental in her work and did a lot of like installation work. And she brought a guest speaker from the National Film Board in one of our classes. And so there's this, you know, person from the National Film Board and she's talking about Nolan McLaren and talking about, you know, like um, animation underneath the camera and using film and all this stuff. And I was like, what is this world? I was like, just so, so impressed. You were like, um, I can control I, everything. I can control everything. <laughs> control, like Control everything. Totally. And also just like, it could be a small like team. Like I can do this in my little tiny studio apartment. Like compared to kind of like a large studio environment, I was like, hmm, this is really interesting. So I kind of started doing, uh, you know, kind of frame by frame experimental animation from that point, like second year university, but I always did it a bit as more like a hobby. Like I always still thought like there's money in like TV and graphics. And so that's kind of the route that I ended up doing. But even for like my, my kind of final film and everything, like I always tried to do as much like stop motion work as I could. Yeah. And then after graduating, I did it more as like, I did kind of random music videos and stuff like that. Um, but then I started kind of going into live TV. So I ended up doing graphics and sports broadcasting. And then I landed my first kind of big gig after university um, with Bell Media with a news panel called uh, Business News Network, BNN. So it's like 12 hour live news channel about like international business, which I like at that point was like, you know, had no idea about, but the graphics were like very simple. It was like a lot of like bar charts and graphs and kind of, you know, like lines kind of like showing different growths and stuff like that. So it was like a cool gig for like my first, you know, out of yeah. university with like salary, it was benefits. I was like, hey, like, I made it like I don't you know I don't have to worry about work and I was a one woman kind of department um yeah. so I was responsible for like a lot of content and I was the liaison between creative agency and my channel so it was like a really great opportunity but little did I know before I got oh, here we go <laughs> the graphics department was actually four people and so they decided to, because it was a time where actually TV was like downsizing. It was like when I graduated, it was like one of the worst economic times in the industry. Um, and so they downsized to one person and I was this like young, eager, you know, like animator and, and graphic artist. And so I like took everything on. Um, but so they slowly. Went from, they went to four, from four people. They were like, you guys suck. Crystal's good. <laughs> You. you guys suck. She'll figure it out. She's young and eager. She can do it. And I was like, I totally was like, yeah, I can do it. And then I would slowly hear like, oh, it's crazy how much work you do because there was like three other people before. And like, I started hearing all these things. I was like, this is strange. And I remember like one day, it was so dramatic, but like one day at the end of my day, I used to work like 10 hour days. I let go of the mouse and my hand 
was in so much pain. And I was like, what? Like it was a pain I had never felt before. I thought it would, cause it started kind of going up my arm. I was like, am I having like a heart attack? Like it was really bizarre. I had to go to the hot, like the doctor, like as soon as I left work and he brought in, like there was a physiotherapist in the clinic. And so they were kind of working on my arm a bit and the physiotherapist was like, oh yeah, like you have a repetitive strain injury. And he did this and you could feel and hear the like crunch of all the like scar mm-hmm. tissue build up. And so I was like, I don't know. How long were you working at this before this happened? About uh, like a year and a half, almost two years. Oh my goodness. Um, so you were going hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like super hard. And I was, I was young, like I was maybe 23. Um, and so I was like, what, like, what does this mean? Like my whole career is ahead of me. My whole career is sitting at a computer and making, you know, designing work is ahead of me. Like what? So I wasn't able to go back to work for almost a year because my job was what directly caused the injury. And so I could barely like sit at a computer and hold a mouse. Like it hurt so much. And it was a really, really tough time because the corporation kind of made me feel like I was like making it up or they didn't take it like very seriously. Yeah, it was horrible because I was so young. They were like, you'll be fine. Like, you know, but they needed me, obviously, because I was an entire department. Um, And so it was like it was a big learning experience. And I was actually very lucky that the I was part of a union and the union gave me a lawyer and I had to deal with insurance and like it was a whole experience. Um, So definitely not how you want to start kind of like your career. Awful. Can I ask how your hand and arm are feeling today? Because it's been years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still I like I have a bit of chronic pain from it. I think I'm always going to like have pain kind of in my right um, arm. But I because I kind of went through so much, I, I learned how to kind of like deal with pain and and kind of like how to do stretches and but I basically can't really do a job that would only be kind of like sitting at a computer for you know 10 hours a day day, which is Um, I think actually like made me think like do I even really want to do that like so it really made me kind of like think about you know what what do I want to do if I'm going to kind of like kill myself for a job I really think it should be a job that I'm like passionate about that I, you know, that I feel proud of. Cause at the yeah. same time, like when you're working in a big corporation like that, like it's not about quality, it's just about quantity. You're just kind of spitting things out constantly. And that really made me think like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like everybody watching BNN is not being like, Ooh, those flash graphics at the bottom with their name rolling <laughs> in. Like I want to, exactly. that's so inspiring exactly. to me, even though, you know, there's really cool people behind there killing themselves to like create some nice graphics. Like, absolutely. I, I like what you just said, you know, like if you're going to kill your, if you're going to kill yourself at something, you might as well pick something you love. Cause like, that's also kind of what I reached with my business career. Where I was like, I'm doing this every day. Like, what's yeah. the point if I'm not, like super proud of it at the end of the day so exactly so, yeah yeah so you're off for a year in incredibly <laughs> incredible pain and yeah, having an yeah. existential crisis with what you want to do at 23 what how yeah. did stop motion seep into the to the, to the mix yeah. so I right before I did I kind of stepped into this job right after graduating I actually did a residency in Spain Uh, where I did this kind of experimental documentary. There was like live action and stop motion. And when I went there, like it was just outside of Barcelona and I just fell in love with Barcelona. 
And I fell in love with how I felt when I was there. Like I felt very creative, felt very inspired. And so when I was kind of dealing with this whole experience, um, I decided like, I think, I think stop motion or at least animation is like, what makes me feel good. And I don't know what future I have with that, but I think I need to figure it out because every time I was working on something with stop motion, I always was like, how can I make this my career? Like, I'm so happy. Like, you know, like, it's just like, it was kind of in your body. You feel like it feels right. Uh, and so there is this master's program uh, in Barcelona at the Design College of Barcelona, which is an amazing uh, school that does a master's in animation. And so in this year that I'm going through hell, I was like, I need to really like turn it around and do something 100% for me and just kind of like dive into it again. So that's what I did. So I I, you know, kind of when I finally was feeling better, I didn't really need like you know, to be on disability anymore. I like quit my job and I never went back, which was, felt amazing. Um, and then uh, I did a year at Sheridan because I felt like I needed a bit of, had a really big technical background, but I didn't yeah. have a lot of like, fine arts background. So I did a year at Sheridan and then I moved to Spain and I did my master's and it was the best decision of my life. <laughs> and yeah, I, this is where I, so I created a chair there, which is like my first kind of like, maybe more professional level uh film because my kind of stop motion film in uh university was not it was very let's say experimental <laughs> in nature okay so i was gonna ask you like what yeah. made you so when you decided you know i want to do stop motion with my life because i feel alive and i feel like yeah. proud of my work and that's amazing what made you feel that you needed to go back to school to learn more about it versus like yeah. look for like, a job and stop motion yeah. or kind of do it on your own yeah i think it was so I'm the type of person that like, I, there's, there are some amazing people that like are very structured and are very disciplined. And they say like, I'm going to teach myself uh -oh. certain skills, but I am not that person. I, like, I feel like I need kind of like the school structure. I need like deadlines and I need like the time. It's just, it's just how I am. Um, and so I felt like I was missing just like a little bit more, like really my stop motion was just like that one or two classes from the workshop and then everything else was self-taught. So I just felt like, I, you know, I didn't really know how to make puppets. I didn't really know how to move puppets. I didn't really know like the full extent of stop motion. I only kind of knew very basic principles. So yeah, so I, I did, it was a very, very intense, like a year and a half of my life, um, but it was amazing. And, uh, and then I moved back and I was like, okay like now kind of like what what do i do with this um and i actually had my first uh, stop motion job was a toy commercial and that's where i met bill uh wait, wait, bill wait, like so you moved back to canada canada and I moved back to like Toronto. sitting in your apartment being like <laughs> i feel great and then a toy company is like hello hey, knock, knock. Like, no, how did that so, happen? How do you go? So like when I got back, I went through because I, I felt kind of like I have to justify that I just kind of like took this time off to basically invest in my spent career. all this money living all in paradise money. and doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I need to justify this somehow. Okay, so how do you do that? So I came back and I just went nuts with cold emails. Like I just mm. basically like contacted all of my contacts from like you know film and tv industry and just said do you know anyone or any small companies i was really looking for like small little production studios yeah um and i found one in toronto called saved ground uh, which is basically one a one man like studio um and he 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 mostly did live action and stuff like that but he also did like a, a tiny bit of stop motion and he said 
he was actually from Niagara and I, I was after I moved from Puerto Rico from Niagara. So he had this kind of little connection with me and he was like, Hey, the next time I have a stop motion gig, like I'll definitely reach out. So he did. Um, but because it was kind of like my, my first kind of like professional one, um, he wanted me to kind of do it with another animator. Hmm. And that's where I met uh, Bill. Exactly. Yeah. So, and he kind of told me about taste. It's trying to even image study, which I know we'll talk about later, but yeah. that was kind of like how I stepped into the stop motion community. Like I, you know, I was kind of starting to meet people. I was like finally seeing professionally, like what it could feel like and, and look like. And so it felt like the right decision. Definitely. So, okay. So you just have said it felt like the right decision. How did it feel animating that toy commercial? Like, you know, you're with another animator with this one man okay. studio on this small project. Yeah. How, yeah. Maybe like months from when you came back or like days. Yeah. It was about six months after, after coming wow. back. So you came yeah. back and you're like super pumped, send out 500 emails. And then you're just sitting yeah. there for six months being like, uh, hello, stop motion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, so I actually got a job at like a paper printing uh, company and I helped with a bit of like design work there. So, cause I, I was broke when I got back from Spain, so I needed something, but I was definitely like making sure I didn't get anything that, you know, that I could feel I was super committed to and I could leave. Um, and so how, I had so to, how did it yeah. feel working, you know, moving, pushing those toys yeah. around? Frame by yeah, frame. It, felt, it felt amazing. And it was yeah. really funny because um, so it was like me, Bill, and the owner of the studio, and then a few other people that were like from more of a live action background. And it was their first stop motion uh, commercial. And they had no idea like how to shoot stop motion animation. And Bill and I instantly kind of connected because it was like, we knew kind of entering into this world of stop motion, like we're very niche, like only certain people kind of really understand and then how to shoot it like it's like one thing understanding oh i move an object you know one photo time but but how to wrap your head around okay so how do we go about shooting this and you know we kind of told them that we have to shoot in reverse because they wanted kind of the commercial to end with this big reveal it was like a kind of like a transformer type of car that like opened up and had all these parts and so they were like oh so we'll shoot this one we're like no 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 like we'll place it exactly how you would like it and then we'll shoot in reverse and they were like what so it felt really cool like I had this like secret knowledge <laughs> and uh and it was yeah I really liked that definitely so so the so you do you think you could have gotten this job and had that secret knowledge without going to school I don't think so I think that that masters and even like Ryerson like kind of my what had you know kind of what brought me to that point yeah. I think is what made this uh this kind of producer take a chance on me because he was like well like you know he saw kind of the work that came out of my masters and stuff from before that he was like okay but that shows it so maybe if I was someone that was super disciplined I, I could have eventually gotten to that skill level but I think it was a good decision like for me to invest in that kind of intense year to then kind of you know really really dive into it when I got back and okay so like fast forward a little bit to now like keeping yeah, on the thread yeah. like originally mm -hmm. you were like I want to be on the red carpet wearing super <laughs> nice dress taking <laughs> interviews of celebrities yes, um, yes. and you're like that's the be all and end all ride or die for me and then yeah. you go to school <laughs> and school forces you to open up your your you know your mind to new yeah. things yeah, yeah, you yeah. To take animation and then you're like oh wait I actually like I love that you thought you were so confident in what you were wanted to do and then yeah. it totally switched how do you feel now like all these years later you know going through all these experiences 
mm-hmm. and kind of sticking with stop motion is it still like this is like your ride or die or is there something kind of missing or where you want to steer yourself or you're like shaking your head <laughs> no shaking my head like no this is it like I I think this is it, was it. this is it this is the you right can, decision. you can die tomorrow now like I mean I don't want to live forever <laughs> in stop motion either or right <laughs> absolutely but yeah no I, I think it was absolutely the right decision for me um and uh and yeah like so I do still kind of do other work um I still do a lot of like editing and and kind of design work um I also have a a little background in kind of like art department and production design so I do some of that stuff with music videos and film work so I kind of like keeping a little bit of of that world still alive it's it's nice to kind of enter a world that isn't frame by frame and 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 work with like different crews and and kind of different approach but most, I would say maybe 75, 80% of my work is, is definitely stop motion so and what, it influences like the other stuff. Like I feel like when you're a stop motion animator, you just kind of look at the world very differently and the possibilities in stop motion are limitless. And so I think that that inspires you to apply to other mediums. So like, I know I have this really great focus on like materials and texture that I, I has come through like stop motion. And now I apply that to like a lot of my other work. Hmm. And so I, I feel like, you know, even though I'm, I'm kind of maybe multidisciplinary in that sense, like I do approach my work still through the eyes of like an animator for sure. So what is what is the like internal feeling that you get when you uh, maybe get a new project or you're working in a project that you just love that keeps you going? Like, what is that? What is that feeling for you? Because like, you know, stop motion is a lot of hard work. It's tough on your body. You know, you left a repetitive strain injury to go into something that is classic for giving repetitive strain injuries. Like, you know, so what is, what is that feeling that you get that, that keeps you going? I think it's uh, definitely excitement. De- like I, 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 one thing I, I really like about teaching, which I hope we can talk about later, definitely because it's an exciting part of my career now. Um, but I find like, even when you're teaching like someone stop motion for the first time and they animate a little, you know, figure and then they play it back. It's this like wonderment of like, what? Like I just brought this, you know, lifeless object to life it still gets me like it's still a really exciting process and I feel like because I'm a bit of a control freak you have control over each literal frame so I think that that also really works with how I approach my work anyways yeah okay so, interesting yeah. so like control for you so for instance like would you want to be a director producer or somebody kind of um I don't want to say higher up, even mm-hmm. though it's classically like higher up on the level, but everybody, you know, yeah, everybody yeah. contributes to your project. But yeah. when you're like a supervisor or a director, you lose control. Uh, you have to like give control to other people and kind of steer them, which is a different type of control itself. But do you see yourself yeah. staying in like the, the like, um, like doer, like, the yeah, the doer, I- like, yeah, the- yeah. Um, I, I'm, I honestly, I'm, I'm hoping not. Like, I, I do think eventually I would like to do more of like, you know, direction of animation or supervision of it. Um, Cause like you said, I think it's just a shift in control. So I think it's right now it's good to kind of be the person that does it so I can learn everything about it. Yeah. Uh, and then I can start to kind of really see like what works, what doesn't, and then being able to kind of control a team in the future that could then produce that work. Step one, control so yeah, I, I think I lifeless objects. Step two, control human beings. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Well, you mentioned you do kind of other multimedia projects. Are there like specific projects that we can, you know, we can look out for that we're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, this isn't stop motion, but this is like, uh, like when you say multimedia, like, are you talking like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, I know, but I I want want to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, I've worked on a a few uh, pretty big, like, kind of feature films uh, in the past few years. So. Uh, I did one where I was working on the art department. I did all the graphics uh, for this kind of dark web conspiracy theory uh, thriller. And it was shot in New Mexico. So that was cool. You can watch that's Wander. It has uh, starring Tommy Lee Jones, um, Heather Graham, Aaron Eckhart. So it's a pretty uh, big film. That was kind of my most recent. And then before that, I worked on a kind of smaller Toronto independent film that was actually premiered at TIFF. It's called Below Her Mouth. Uh, it's one of the first all-female uh, crews uh, here in Canada that wow. kind of created this film. And that's on Netflix, so you can check that one out as well. Uh, and I also do a lot of music videos. So just kind of on my website or um, on my Instagram, you can you can check that stuff out as well. And other than people just knowing you're really cool, how do you get these connections to work on these projects? Because, like, you know, um, I didn't get any invites to fly down to Mexico to work on a <laughs> film. Like, how are they finding you? Are you finding that? Or what? What? Yeah. Um. I. It's honestly. It's. It's truly about like. I. I feel like this is something that's probably said a lot. Um. But it's really about connections. It's really about like when you're when you are given the opportunity to work on a project and you do this perfectly. But it's about meeting everyone and and really <laughs> like connecting with as many people as you can because you just honestly never know like it doesn't matter what their role is on the production that you're currently working on with them because you just you just never know and like literally all of my work has just been through you know like one of my best friends uh her her uh, sister is a pretty big director and she was one that directed these two kind of uh most recent feature films that I worked on and so she won one day on the first one like actually someone in the art department like dropped out and she was like desperate and she was like I'm you know I know you've never actually done this this was like like uh right before I did my master's she was like but would you be interested and I was like totally and so like I jumped right in and like you know kind of the rest was history and it was great and so I think I think I basically never say no to most opportunities. That's also okay, another yeah. thing, especially when you're kind of building your career. It can be exhausting, um, but it's totally worth it because now I've kind of reached a sweet spot in my career that I'm not having to send these kind of desperate cold emails that I feel like there's enough work kind of like coming through, um, which is a wonderful point to finally reach. For sure. Yeah, I feel like the desperate cold emails is like a classic turn in everybody's <laughs> kind of story where you're like, I've decided, yeah. I feel like the steps are, decide internally that this is something you want to pursue and then scramble as much as you can to like figure out how to do something for money and then slowly you know you're just your passion and who you are and making connections naturally just just builds up because also I get this I get this question from people all the time and I try to ask it like how do you get connections but I think the answer is just what you just said just go and work like yeah like like on Ultra City Smiths like we were instantly connected with every other Toronto and Montreal based animator and like a puppet building department. And now we have tons of friends who, you know, hopefully will hire me and you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, exactly. Absolutely. And I, I also feel that it's, um, especially when you're first starting, like kind of like a job, like a, like a PA or something like that on a set is a great job because you 
end up kind of communicating and helping every department. And so, you know, it's not, it's not the most maybe dazzling job, but it's, you know, it's a great kind of opportunity to, to meet people. And so, you know, it's, it's a matter of just getting in. If, even if it's not the role that you're kind of like hoping for, um, you start somewhere, you know, like it's, it's, that's how it it basically goes for sure. And I I feel like you also have to make your passion hurt a little bit. If you're starting in a role like that, like you you can't just run coffees and like go to the break room. You have to be like, this is what I'm doing on the side. Look at my work, like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have your, have your kind of work on your phone and you're ready to kind of like show (laughs) it. And and absolutely. I, I agree. Definitely. So how did you, end up on ultra city smiths in the first place like yeah. you know yeah so um it's really funny because i've actually never done uh puppet animation before all of my work has been more kind of like object based material based i do a lot of like kind of experimental stuff with like sand and stuff like that so rotoscoping so it was like a totally different shift um but so through bill who i'd mentioned before that i met on my first story commercial and he told me about taste the toronto animated image society and i highly recommend anyone that is toronto based uh, who wants to get into animation whether it's stop motion or 2d or to to connect with taste it's such a special community and honestly for me it's been a huge role a huge key kind of role of of my career like it's it's opened a lot of doors for me and so yeah. evan derucci is is the president of taste and so i met him you know through over the years working with the organization and you know last october he sends me this because we had we had never actually we've only worked together on like workshops right. and kind of organizing events we never actually worked on a production together and we right. talked about we should in background <laughs> evan owned co-owned a studio a stop motion studio yeah. stop motion uh department yeah yeah and so and his work is always amazing and you know anyone that had worked with him so i met like hazel through that and like anyone that worked with him was like he's the best mentor like all these things and i was like i want to work with him and so last october he sends me this hilarious email being like i don't know if you want to do this i don't know if you're up for this adventure but <laughs> this is kind of the deal and he's like so we're kind of running this animation boot camp for animators in the city who either have had a little bit of puppet experience but haven't done it in a while or like don't have any experience uh, and it's like a six week kind of intensive training program and at the end of it the hope is that you'll feel good and you'll want to kind of continue on to work on the show uh, which we didn't know too too many details about we knew you know that it was stupid buddies and that they were kind of opening this uh toronto-based uh studio but we didn't know yet like yeah. too much about it. Yeah. And I guess some background is like Toronto hasn't been a big stop motion scene in a long time. And stupid buddy was like, thinking, yeah. yeah, they were like, we're going to come to Toronto and open a studio in 2021. And then mm-hmm. they needed animators. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, they needed everything. They needed every single department. And so it was, it's really interesting. I think opportunity for Toronto animators uh, or stop motion animators uh, because you know, there's obviously, as you're saying, like there, there wasn't really a studio here for it. There is some, some smaller studios that like occasionally do stop motion gigs, but it's like not enough, you know, to, to kind of live off of that. So it was, it was really exciting, but I, my first instinct was like, I was terrified um, because I knew like when I did my master's, we did like about a, like a couple weeks of kind of acting uh, and I was horrible. I did not understand. Like I, I felt this, I feel the same, like when I went to Sheridan and we had to do like uh, kind of, what's it called when you do um, like life painting, like still life. life. 
Yeah. And they're like, recreate this bowl of fruit. And I was like, what? Like, but like, why? Like, if I'm going to recreate something, like, shouldn't I put a cool spin on it? Or like, like, I just never understood recreating real life. Like I, I just, that's not yeah, like my cameras. Approach. Like it's like, exactly take like take a picture. Like I don't understand. I don't need to exactly. learn how to paint this. <laughs> exactly. So I felt very similarly with puppet animation. Um, but Evan is such an incredible mentor and, and animator and, you know, professional himself that I was like, I trust him. And I think it's worth, even if I just do the six weeks of kind of intensive animation. Oh, so you weren't, that, you weren't sold. You were like taking this kind of as like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but it's exactly. a cool opportunity and like, yeah. oh, exactly. wow. Yeah, yeah. And so I basically felt like as an animator, I couldn't say no, but you know, <laughs> I also was teaching I had like really intense teaching schedule. So it was a very difficult time to kind of like, organize my my schedule I actually had to leave every day an hour early so I could rush home and teach my evening class so it was a, a pretty crazy time um but it oh my god like I learned so much in those six weeks because it was the first time since my master's that I basically was dedicating you know like six to eight hours a day just animating and even that time was a gift that was so it was given. like a, it was like a nine to five five days a week yeah. for, for two months that's intense yeah. so like what yeah, what, did yeah, you, yeah. what are you doing like what what kind of yeah. exercises or whatnot so we started like day one we started with like just basics like just you know um we all had to work with like you know kind of weird objects like a little circle of tape or like whatever we could find but it was like you know kind of just make this move like this. Okay, now we're going to add this element. And it was like slowly building um, and basically covering like the 12 uh, principles of animation. Like we did that kind of in the first week and hmm. you would all be, so there was, I think there was about six, six or seven of us. And we were all in our own tiny individual spaces because um, he was trying to kind of recreate what it would be like on the actual show. So it was very much like Evan was kind of the director. Whenever we would kind of be ready with the exercise, he would come and review and give feedback. Sometimes you'd have to repeat it. If not, you go on to the next one. And it was basically that until we grew. We went from like little objects, we did like secondary animation, all of that, you know, working with eases and pacing and timing and all of those things. And then we slowly grew to kind of working with uh, like wire puppets. And mm. so we were kind of working with that. And then we did walking cycles for two solid weeks of just walking. Uh, and then all the puppets were slowly breaking and Stupid Buddy sent us, I forget what the show was, but they were puppets Super from mentioned. like a previous, uh, yes, uh, a Stupid Buddy show. And so we were working with these puppets and I was like, if this is what the show's going to be, because these puppets were, very tiny and like animated the animating them like they would break in three seconds and I was like what is this show gonna be like uh -huh. like it was the whole time I was very like is this I, I questioned it a lot and Evan said that actually at the end because we spoke about it a lot he said that that was like good like he wanted us all to kind of question he wanted to break it, you he wanted basically <laughs> basically because he knew what was coming and so he was like you know you're not gonna want to do this job unless you're like you know really into it or like <laughs> basically because he was like it's, it's gonna be a lot and and, I, and that really like everyone else was like yeah I'm great and I'm like mm, like I was still kind of like unsure about it um but what, but what made you unsure like you're doing stop motion which is your dream this is like yeah. a unique opportunity specifically in yeah. Toronto which hasn't been around since like cup of coffee left in 20 2008 I think yeah. like 
Like, why are you questioning this? Is it because you had, is it because you had so many other opportunities going on, like you were teaching, et cetera, at the time that you could like fall back on? Yeah, I think it was partly that, like, I was like, like I have, I've worked so hard in this kind of other side of my career. Will this kind of get in the way of that? It was definitely Uh. like my first, uh, you know, I was ending and I wasn't very good at the beginning. Like I was not like everyone else was kind of, I was like the little, like, you know, in the little dense hat in the corner, like no. I was the slowest, like everyone was like on the third assignment and I was still on the second, like I was very slow, but Evan was like amazing. And he kept being like, but Crystal, like you have to remember like where you specifically have like come from. Like everyone else had worked with puppets, everyone else had made puppets, built them. So they were very familiar with like how they move. And and I was like, just even learning how to like tie them down. Like I was like, you know, super, super basic and beginner. So I think it was just a lot of like self-doubt too. Like, can I even do this? Like, how is this going to be? But when I, I remember the last day of training, um, we had a little bit, it was my birthday actually. And we had a little bit of like a screening party. Um, and, uh, I just watched like from day one, all the way to like my last kind of dialogue scene that we finished with. And I was like, wow, like, even if I see other work and I'm like, that's significantly better than mine. If I look at how much I've improved, like individually, it was like, okay, I think I, I can do this. And Evan was like, remember, like, we've done this for like two months, but you're going to go on a production where you're doing the same thing for like months. So like, you're only going to keep growing as you go. So I felt really like encouraged by that. And so, oh and so yeah. I'm, I'm and, cry. And I this is so it. sweet. Also, Evan is a gem. Can we just say that? <laughs> he is. He is. He's just such a special person. <laughs> and I feel very lucky to ha- kind of have him in my life. And, and he basically built this community. Like he, him and Phil built this studio that is basically now the stop motion community in Toronto. So it's, it's yeah, really, yeah. to be a I randomly, not, I guess not so random, but they came on the podcast, like I think in 2018, because I was like, who are you guys running stop motion by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. If you Google <laughs> stop motion Toronto and there's like stop motion, you're like, what? Like, what is this? I don't know. It's weird, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you went through that course and then you got yeah. hired on stupid buddy and um did it go like you said like working every day and getting better and and like how did you feel working on stupid buddy yeah um well I remember well first of all like in lots of productions there was like mega delays and so you know when we were doing the training program there was a um point where we thought we were going to start like our last day of the training was November 27th and we thought we were going to start like the Tuesday afterwards like there is a point where like we were going to start right away and then we didn't end up starting for another almost like five months so that kind of lull before it was really difficult because I had kind of hyped myself up to, to get into this and also I had kind of like opened my schedule because I knew I was about to take on this like very intense full-time job so that was a bit difficult but then when we finally were brought in for our first kind of orientation and just seeing the sets and seeing the puppets and the the detail and the I was so impressed and I was instantly like so excited to be a part of it um but it was definitely it was a it was a roller coaster ride. Uh, I think yeah. specifically for me, maybe more than other people. But it was uh, it was. I mean, overall, I'm so thrilled to have worked on it, to have met you know amazing people like yourself, and I'm excited and hoping that I can be a part of season two. But 
I think it was um, because I went in so maybe like 5% doubting if I wanted to be a puppet animator. It was still a very big, like every day I took it as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of checked in with myself, is this still what you want to do? Um, because it was hard, it's, you know, and it's intimidating because you kind of go as an animator, like, and I didn't have this experience before because in all of my previous projects, I've worked with other animators on set, but this was like, you know, there's like that Beyonce song, like the countdown, like four, three, two, one, like there's like departments that have like, tons of people like lighting and camera and then kind of art department's a little bit smaller and then you know and then like the dp comes in and then it's you and it's yeah. just you kind of bring this you know scene to life and and for someone that's never done that before like it was definitely very scary yeah, uh, and so, very you're alone in like a dark room wearing all black all black <laughs> <laughs> all you hear is like the the sound of when dragon frame takes the photo that's like all you hear that's like a, yeah. and you're like are there people here like it's a really it's a really bizarre um kind of transition into the world of it um but in the end like i i think um i think you had like asked me like what what are things that i learned so definitely in terms of like animation skills um i would say i learned like everything but i think the biggest <laughs> thing was um like subtlety so like the style of ultra city smiths was like very cinematic very real like you know kind of as realistic as possible um and very very subtle and i you know when you're studying animation you kind of study like one of the principles is literally exaggeration like it's like kind of you know bigger than life and like a bit dorky and quirky and so like that's kind of what I applied to it and instantly like the director was like no no no, no. <laughs> whatever you think is going to be subtle like do it even more subtle than that and so like that was a huge your whole um, thing is like I don't want to copy real life and it's yeah. like oh wait okay but make it even less real life <laughs> make it like, don't move the puppet and you're just like what <laughs> Um, so that was definitely like the biggest thing that I learned throughout, like just yeah. this sense of like, oh, like control and like honing in the action. Um, yeah, and just, you, have like, to, acting. you have to give up that because like you said before, like you love controlling all these aspects and then suddenly you have to give up that control for the overall, you know, show consistency animation. Like how did, did you have to come to, was there like a point where you were like, okay, now I feel comfortable doing this. Like I've I don't know if you had to give up control or you reached mm. a level of skill. Like, was there a day yeah. or a time where you're like, this is, this is a changing point for me? Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest changing point was I had done my first kind of longer. So it was really funny because um, I was kind of given, cause I was definitely like one of the more junior animator levels. And so I was given a lot of these kind of close-ups for the, it's more of like reacting moments like you know like a blink and a tilt or a head nod or these types of things where it's really funny because I get that that is like maybe in terms of action it's the most like the simplest but when you're dealing with a close-up like that any little thing oh they were wrong, so tough it's so yeah and so I think because I was given most of those scenes it actually made me a better animator because I had to be so hyper focused and so aware of detail to a level yeah. that like I like that you said these are the harder or the easier scenes but like for me they were harder scenes because yeah. like you know when a puppet's walking you can do big movement but when there's like a close-up you yeah. push your thumb and the head either doesn't move at all or like yeah or moves cranks. so much <laughs> totally totally or like I was dealing with this one scene with the with the eye and there was like a little piece of lint 
that I didn't see. And so the lint was like moving here and then I moved here and I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, but I remember doing my first kind of like 30 second scene. So like when I had spent like a few days on uh, and the director came in and he was like, it's not it. Like, you're going to have to like do it again. And I remember where I was, and I was like proud of it. Like I thought it was like a good shot. And I remember afterwards being like, well, this is not my show. Like it's not, I'm not the director. This is not my style of show. You know, like I I wasn't here for the the conceiving from like the writing to the pre-production to all this stuff. I'm here to just kind of act through these puppets. And so that moment of like Hmm. letting go, because you really have to learn to like let go of the hours that you put into a scene because very likely you will have to repeat it or go back and, and, you know, fix the ending or whatever it is. And so letting go of that, you know, sense of productivity or control was a huge shift uh, for me in terms of like my attitude towards it, definitely. And then that helped. I was like, well, I'm getting paid to do it. And so if I have to do it six times, that, that like that's what it is right I like what you're saying because it's also I was just thinking like that is an experience that you would or I would because I had to go through something similar I would never go through on my own I would just no. be like this is what I want to do why would I redo it <laughs> in a completely different style that I didn't even want like but but being on a production you're forced to do that yeah, if you yeah. want to keep your job I, I mean you could have been like no screw you goodbye yeah. like you're just <laughs> stopping you from doing that but like you're forced totally, to go through yeah. this and it's yeah. actually like this this forced learning experience that you, you know, you don't know, you, you don't know what you don't know until you're forced to go through it. And you wouldn't have that experience if you, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> it's like you become a better animator uh, and like person, I guess, by yeah, yeah. going through these experiences that are kind of grueling and you wouldn't go through otherwise. I don't Absolutely. know if that makes sense. No, totally. <laughs> I think that that totally makes sense. Like I, it was a little bit of like a life lesson because I was like, there is so much in life that you can control. And as I said before, like I am a control freak. And so I do have a lot of like anxiety when I lose control. And so this show like definitely taught me like, there is so much you can control and like just worrying about it is not like that doesn't help you or get you anywhere. So that was a huge, uh, huge thing that I was from that kind of moment, I was able to kind of like let, let go of it a bit yeah uh and it helped a lot definitely for the rest of so so tell me something else maybe like animation skill or non-animation skill that was a big learning experience for you if you if you had it like you know this is like the first first puppet animation like first kind of studio job me too yeah yeah i mean in terms of like animation skills i would say i learned everything basically new like um you know and uh and it's really funny because i was a bit terrified of these kind of close-up shots because everything could go wrong and, and it's and then I ended up really liking them. And, and the director actually told me that he was like, I think you're more of like an actor than like a, an action, like Ooh. doing a whole, you know, seven characters and like all this stuff. Like I would look at those scenes and I was like, oh God, like, <laughs> like that's too much. But I love, I ended up loving the ones. It was like these intimate close-up shots of a puppet kind of acting. Should we get closer right? to the camera here to like get more <laughs> intimate and the, like, the, like nods and the head tilts. Yeah, yeah. start tilting our heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah so I, that Do you think, but, okay, so like one of the thoughts that I had right now is like you became that because you accepted it and had fun with it. Like, whereas if you yeah. were only on action shots, maybe the director would have been like, I think action shots are your thing because you would have had yeah. your own. So like, do you think it's you specifically love close-ups or it's just, you know, you had so much time working on them that yeah. they became your thing? So he 
I was lucky, like the, the director had very interesting approaches to direction. But one thing I did really like about him was I did, I did for the most part feel like he gave me gradually challenging shots. Hmm. And through that process, I could see like, at the beginning, he did give me like, you know, an acting shot. And then he kind of gave me like a random kind of object. I had to do like just hand shot. And then I did like a bit of like a, a walking shot. So I did like a few different ones. And I myself felt like the acting kind of like stood out. And so I actually kind of liked being like, well, no one likes these shots. Um, and I'm pretty good at them. And so that actually made me feel better at the end of the day. Um, so I think that because I am a control freak, actually, in a way, it, it helped because these ones, you have to be so like, yeah. and yeah. so I think that that did help. And another thing that I think this is like a big thing for anyone, like getting into animation or where you're working because you're working alone. And so like dealing with self-doubt is a huge aspect oh, because- yeah like not only are you having to make decisions for your animation but you also have to do a bit of editing like you have to hide frames you have to think maybe here i'm going to add more of a hold or a pause and so like you know if you're feeling like insecure about your scene or whatever like you go through these kind of behind the you know curtain you go through these like existential crises where you're like is this good i don't know i could have approached it differently like and so I think being able to kind of like talk yourself down from those moments of self-doubt is a will help so much in this yeah. career, whether it be like taking criticism, whether it be that you're kind of the only animator on set and you're expected to figure it out. Like, I feel like there's a lot of these scenarios where I've heard from other animators be like, I was on this commercial shoot and I was the only animator amongst 25 other people and everyone just like looks at you <laughs> to figure things out. And so it can be very like nerve wracking. So kind of feeling confident in your process and and if it doesn't work, being ready to kind of troubleshoot right away, I think is a huge uh, part of it for sure. I feel like I'm learned. listening to like life advice with Kristen. No, it's, <laughs> it's great. I like you're talking and I'm like, yeah, I learned all these things too. Like even just, you know, just forcing yourself to move on too because you're like, yeah. you can get stuck on a, an action in like a frame and you're like, I don't know, like what's going on. So yeah, um, so okay um where you know what's what are you doing nowadays or where are you heading next like you know production's wrapped up we don't know if season two is happening and if and you, you know you're animating on it like what's yeah. going on you became like yeah. a super talented amazing person <laughs> over the years what's yeah. up yeah um so I'm kind of back uh teaching I just um so starting it was like a few weeks ago uh, where are you through... teaching uh, so I'm teaching online uh, right now um, because of our current situation in the world. Um, so I'm teaching, it's a, it's called the Animation Project, uh, and oh. it's uh, with animators or participants, artists that are 55 plus. Uh, so kind of focusing on our elders and it's a 12 week so, program. So they're starting animation for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. curious, like what? What compels somebody at 55 plus to be like, I want to start animation now? Yeah, I mean, so I find that so uh, curious because, you know, as you get older, it gets harder to kind of learn new skills. And so a lot of them, I mean, definitely how we started the program last, uh, last year when, when COVID like really hit, our biggest thing was just to kind of engage this age group because they were the most isolated. And so like just even creating a virtual community for them to like every week connect with. So that was kind of yeah. the main goal. Um, but now kind of doing the second iteration, like we have these artists who a lot of them have some form of art background, whether they can draw or paint or sculpt. 
Um, there's a few kind of like video um, creators. Um, all of them just think that stop motion is so cool. And they think that it's like an interesting medium that they want to tell stories through. And I think that hmm. that is so beautiful. Like if I can give them those skills that we can now have their voices heard, like it's, it's really, really powerful. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. So what are you teaching them? Is it like 12 yeah, so, principles of animation type of stuff or like? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, because kind of the end goal is that they're going to end with their own one minute uh, film. One uh, minute film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So How long is this yeah. again? It's 12 weeks. 12 weeks, yeah. Program. Wow. Um, so I'm also teaching like filmmaking kind of as well. Like, so they're also going to be learning like how to, you know, how to do sound for animation and how to edit and kind of put title and credits and that kind of stuff as well. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we kind of started with this year, we kind of added uh, the ABCs of digital literacy. So that was kind of our first class where we talked about like, what are some terms that we're going to use in this kind of digital platform, getting them comfortable with Zoom and kind of emails and Google Drive and all that stuff. And then the second class was like, a, I, I made them all bring like popcorn and stuff and we had a screening and I showed them like tons of short films that showed like just like the range of frame by frame animation. So like oh, wow. they saw everything and their little eyes, like when they were watching, they're like, <laughs> their little, their little eyes. <laughs> they were so excited. It was so beautiful. I want to join uh, this. Yeah. This sounds so cute. Yeah, basically, this is the class I wish I could have taken when I was younger. <laughs> when you're um, young, when you have to be fifty-five, when you're yeah, younger, you have to age. Come on. Um, and then, and then we, yeah, we started getting into principles. So I always start kind of with like the notion of timing. I think is like a good place to start. Like you know, the idea of like, if you want an object to move quickly, like how many frames you do that in and, and that kind of stuff. And then this week, we're going to get into the rest of kind of the, the principles of animation. So we're going to do like a bouncing ball and little things like that. And then we get into storyboarding and story development and, and, and then, you know, sets and then kind of how do you animate your characters? And then the rest of the time is really just supporting their animation process. And we have a few guest artists uh, this uh, session and one of them is actually Marty who is going to be doing a bit of like a sets uh, workshop with them okay. uh, so yeah so it's 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 really um it's really really fun it makes me feel really good in my heart <laughs> in a way that like production does not like production is so like it's such a grind um and at the end of the day you're like what is this job like I'm just you know I'm bringing these weird puppets to life. <laughs> whereas like teaching I find like fulfilling in a very different uh way so yeah so that's what I'm, I'm kind of doing that right now I'm also moving so I kind of have to figure out my new studio space in my new apartment uh, and I'm also working so there's this all-female uh, music festival called Venus Fest and they partner five international musicians with five international artists and so I'm going to be making all the visual or um, kind of like video work for this uh, performer oh, wow. for the festival. that's so I'm cool oh that. my gosh you're so busy what the heck I know and then I'm also working on another one but I'm hoping this is gonna be a slower process but it's a, a feature film documentary uh, they're called Take Action Film and they do a lot of kind of like historical documentaries or kind of like you know political science and so this one is about um, uh, the Bikini Tulls which is in the Marshall Islands and it's these group of islands that basically the U.S. government took over uh, in the 60s and did a bunch of like nuclear kind of testing yeah. um, and so they want uh, because it's kind of this island life they want the kind of beginning part where they're talking about the history of the indigenous peoples to be in experimental kind of sand animation 
And so they called me up. And so I'm slowly <laughs> kind of like working on that, uh, which I'm very excited for because it's my first time doing. So you're going to be professionally outdoor. sand animating. Oh my goodness. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know if you follow like the 24 memes per second Instagram oh, yeah. account, which yeah. is always like upholding like sand animation is like the yes. highest form of yes. medium possible. <laughs> that is going to be you. <laughs> gonna be me it's gonna be me and it was really special because i originally so lynn actually who we also worked with uh, they asked her first um but she after ultra seasons was just feeling like way too burnt out yeah um and she you know there's only so many of us that have worked with sand so she contacted me and was like would you be interested (laughs) and they sent me a link of what they're looking for and i was like oh i can't do this like it was on another level like it was very advanced and so I was just honest because I was like, you know, Lynn is amazing contact. I don't want to misrepresent anyone here. And so I told them, I was like, look, like this is an amazing opportunity, but I just don't think like I can hit this level of animation. Um, and so I said, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, thank you so much for, for the opportunity. And actually the director looked at my website and saw, so I do a lot of like material exploration with like natural work um, under this kind of term of wabi-sabi. And so they emailed me the next day and we're like, actually, like the director saw your work and things that we can like make it work. Like, let's let's figure it oh, out. Wow. And actually okay. wants to include this like texture animation as well. So now it's a bit more catered to something. So I having like. a website <laughs> in a portfolio is valuable. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, 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 definitely. I hate website design. Like I am not a web designer, but it's always worth, you know, every year I kind of take a couple of weeks to like update my my website and my portfolio because you just never know like yeah. and it's so good when someone's like oh can I can I just see your work you're like yeah yeah and like quickly you can just call up you know all your work on one screen so yeah, even I like my Instagram there. like that like I only post things yeah. like for like for my portfolio so on like because I just don't even, my website is like really shit even with like yeah like I don't have any of my work there like it just exists <laughs> Okay, it's a pain it's a pain to, to update so i think as long as you have one platform that you can yeah. be like here's my yeah. presence because i also think that they some jobs like look to see like if they google you like what comes up like what is your presence you know what is your kind of presence in the in the animation industry so i think like kind of picking a platform and and updating that is really really important to, totally to have for sure well this is yeah. really exciting you're going to be working on this like cool multimedia sand yeah project that's like so rare i love it it's like like normally if you want to do that stuff you got to do it on your own or find funding versus like somebody being like hey we got some sand and we got some money and (laughs) we want you to play with it like basically (laughs) i just had a meeting with the director and i told him like my approach to sand especially is very my approach to sand (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know how else one approaches sand but for me it's very experimental (laughs) and he was like great like let's take the next three or four months because the production is a bit delayed because of COVID. So he was like, we have room to experiment. So they basically are going to pay me to just experiment with ideas. And I was like, what? Like, oh my goodness. So when you reach that, I think like one, like maybe advice for someone like starting, like yeah. I always thought that it would be really important to kind of be like a, like a Jack or Jill of all trades that you're like, I can, I can edit. I can like, I can do everything, but as I kind of like grow in, in my career and in my brand and everything, like, I actually think it's really good to know, like, what, what is like special about your, like, your work? Like, what do you bring to the table? What is like your approach is going to separate you from someone else? Cause like at this point, 
like a lot of people know how to like use Photoshop or yeah, Premiere, everybody. Or, you know, like, and so like, that's not as like unique anymore. If anything, it's like assumed actually that you like already know all those skills as well. And so I think for me, like tapping into this like natural material exploration that happened a few years ago, like naturally in my creative process has now opened this door of like, well, like I actually don't think a lot of people do what I do. And so that's been like kind of shifting or embracing this has been amazing uh, part in my career now, for sure. hundred percent. I love that. Um, I love that you just said that, like that makes total sense. And I love that you bring sand to the table and <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, for instance, like say, okay, say hypothetically, I have a project right now and I need a very specific type of animator. Like yeah. I need somebody who works with clay. Like instantly I have people come to mind because of what I've seen on social media not being like, yeah. like Crystal, do you have um, experience in claymation? Which I don't think you yeah. do that much, but yeah, like other people come to mind. Yeah. But like, yeah. if I was like animating objects instantly, I'd be like, oh, Crystal. I wouldn't think of like yeah. somebody else. Like, yeah. so it, it totally makes sense when you have a project and you need people just having this like, mental library of who does what or even just searching for people and be like oh this for instance like tina navraki who i had on this podcast like ages ago was just publishing her hand-drawn animation to her blog and then cuphead was like trying to find hand-drawn animators which yeah. nobody was doing at the time because everything was digital and they just randomly found her and were like hi can we like ship you a printer and a <laughs> scanner and you like do this for us and so like Yes. Yeah, putting your putting putting your unique thing out there is totally, totally valuable. For sure. But I think it takes a while to I mean, some people are lucky and they know right away like what that skill might be. But for me, like because I kind of had in my hands and so many different, you know, outlets, I think it's like it took a little bit to really realize like what was my approach that was going to be unique. Um, and that's okay. Like, I, I think that's part of the, of the Listen, process. people who know what they want to do right away don't have a lot of fun in life. Like, you need, no. to, you need to, like, go around, have existential <laughs> crises, like, go to Spain. Absolutely. Like, that Absolutely. sounds, I would much rather have that story than be like, I was five years old, realized I wanted to do sand animation, became a master sand animator when I was 10. Yeah. And since yeah. then, I've been the same That's all guy. I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, maybe I agree. That's, I maybe agree. that's fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there's pros to that as well, but I agree. Like, I think I would not appreciate where I am today if it wasn't yeah. for all of the crises totally. and all of the experiences that I had. So it's, I think that that's, you know, I wouldn't be where I am. I think if I, if I didn't kind of suffer, if I didn't go through all these shifts and changes, absolutely. <laughs> there's so much suffering. What the heck? Um, there's so much suffering. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking as like, we're wrapping up now, like you, you've shared your journey, you know, like all these places that you've, you've worked with and organizations that are amazing to work with and, you know, things you've learned and where you're heading next. Is there anything else you wanted to share for somebody listening? Who's like either interested in like your journey or what you've learned or just, yeah what yeah. you're having for breakfast or something um I think so I was telling at the beginning of the of the podcast before we started that like I have this power shirt that I'm yeah wearing. oh you know I was gonna ask you about why this <laughs> my tire shirt um and I have if my if you're grades, listening to so this like, on like Spotify or something you have to go to YouTube to check yeah, out to, to, it's to pretty wear, cool yeah I have this very ridiculous uh bright orange shirt with a giant tiger on it um I think like find finding the little routines um, and the little, you know, whether it's community, whether it's a t-shirt, whatever it is that kind of like gives you that 
confidence because it's not always going to be easy. Um, and uh, it's definitely like a career that is not for like the faint of heart. I say like you have to have, not only do you have to have patience when you're actually in there animating, but it's tough. It's tough to kind of be a professional artist in a sense. And so I think finding these little routines or little, you know, quirks or things that can kind of get you through that is huge. And I think also like for me, like when I, when I teach, I always try and like teach things outside the box. So like, yeah, like, you know, when people think of stop motion, they think of like Wallace and Gromit and they think about all these kind of more typical forms of animation. And I've always thought like, yes, there's that. And that's amazing. And I respect it. And I think it's incredible that we can use those materials, but what else can we do? And what else can we, can we bring to life? And I feel like that approach has opened these doors for me. So I think like for those that are maybe frustrated or maybe like figuring out what their kind of niches, like yeah. be open to- Like to no maybe, rules. Exactly. Like if the medium is limitless then your approach to it should be as well. Totally, I love that. Can I just ask you why you're wearing your power shirt right now? Because <laughs> I'm exhausted and I could barely wake up today. So I put it on. I was like, I, I just like need a little power for to get through this day. I've been like moving. So I'm like, my body's tired. Like, so yes, it wasn't because I didn't feel like I could, I could get through the podcast, but more like <laughs> to get through my life in general. Right no, I just now. love this. Like, I don't, I don't think I have anything where I'm like, I'm going to do this tiny routine just to remember this is who I am and that I'm great or whatever like I love that I'm gonna I'm, I'm already thinking like maybe there's like I don't the power know, or like a set of earrings or like I don't know just something totally. that I put on where I'm like this is this is a reminder that I'm like this is who that. I am and I can yeah. I can do this I had one of my first mentors I worked at MTV as an intern like was one of my first jobs and he had a tiny, he was this like German man. He was super, super tall. He was like six, five or something. And he always wore tiny scarves, <laughs> like the tiniest scarves. And I was like, what is this? And he said that it's, it's like his, it's like, I don't know. It's just like these things that you like do in your, your day to day that become a part of you. And I don't know if it's like a security blanket, but it's definitely like, it's like this thing that like helps you kind of give you a little oomph when you need it so, oh my gosh, so yeah I love that. maybe you have tiny scarves you can wear uh <laughs> i'll think of something i like this idea i'm gonna think about this i'm sure there's stuff i even do without even realizing it that i for sure I, yeah. for sure yeah uh cute well is there anything else you wanted to share as we're wrapping up crystal no, I think, I think that's all. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It was a pleasure to hear everything <laughs> that I haven't heard before, which was nice. You know, like we were friends, but I don't grill you on like, what did you learn in animation? <laughs> like <laughs> when we were having lunch. <laughs> no, definitely. I really appreciate you having me and I appreciate you just having this podcast. Like I, I feel like when I was starting out, if there was something like this type of resource or just feeling like there's a community of other people yeah. that are going through similar things like it helps it helps a lot so, oh gosh, so yeah thank you're you. doing I mean, good. that's a big part you're of why good. it keeps me going like so yeah. thank you so much yeah well, in thank a you way so much. this is your power shirt oh my podcast is my power shirt yeah like, what is, what is your power good. shirt listener <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you so much and if you're listening and you want to reach out or contact uh, Crystal, you can do so by checking out her website and her demo reel, which is on her website, and maybe hire her for some sand animation, which is, I hope I say your last name right, crystalbuemi.com, buemi.com, or check her out on Instagram, which is crystalclear underscore, and I'll include both those links in the description of this chat, and thank you so much for listening. That is all for now. Okay, bye.
The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work. 